Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group. Member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter Lowry and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. everybody. It's Hunter Lowry here. Thanks for tuning in to the Wealth Accelerator podcast, where I'm going to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. And I really want to talk to you guys today about creating good financial habits. How do habits get formed? How can we identify the bad habits we have? And then how can we even change them? So it's not going to just be all about finances today. Of course, I hope that you can incorporate this into your financial lives, whether we are working together or not. But I just think it's important stuff to think about for our overall well-being also. So let's just dive right into it today. And I've talked to you about this book before. If you've been listening for a while, you've heard me mention it, but I highly recommend it. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. But it's funny, you know, I've wanted to make some changes in my life. Nothing super major, but I wanted to start working out a little bit more, waking up a little bit earlier, eating a little healthier, just getting more out of my day, being more efficient, just having more energy. So I got this book and I was all fired up to make some small changes and that would compound over time, right? But I fell off the wagon a little bit and I stopped reading it for a while. I lost the motivation. I've, I've gotten back on it though. So I wanted to kind of share with you what I've been learning through this. And I've still been getting my workouts in and I, I think I've made some really good changes. But what really brought me back to reading this again was sitting on my phone, scrolling through Facebook at night, looking at stupid videos of people doing pranks or fails or whatever. And I mean, they're kind of funny and addicting. I'm, I'm sure you hope probably, I mean, most people probably have gone through the rabbit hole of looking at dumb Facebook videos. But then I'm watching these things with the lights off in my room until 11 o'clock at night or 1130 or whatever. Then I'm trying to wake up at six o'clock to lift and I'm wondering why I'm tired and lethargic. I mean, it's pretty obvious, (laughs) but for some reason, I just was getting this urge to look at my phone every night before I went to bed. I had to look at it. I had to scroll through social media and then down the rabbit hole I went and it was just keeping me up way too late. And every dang time I told myself, I got to cut this out. If I'm going to be waking up and getting up early and making my day really efficient, I need to read or something or, or just do something at night that is gonna help me improve myself and and make my time worthwhile. So what better way to break a bad habit than read about it? (laughs) I mean, we all have them. Maybe you like that late night cookie before you go to sleep, or maybe you spend the money you plan to save constantly on a golf round, or drinks at the bar with friends, or you drink too much caffeine, or you're getting too easily distracted at work. I mean, there's thousands of things that we do during the day, and they're so habitual, we don't even realize that we're doing it, whether it's good or bad sometimes. Okay, so to start this off, there's basically four stages in which habits are performed. First is cue, second is craving, third is response, and fourth is reward. So think about a habit you have. It could be as simple as turning on the lights when you walk in a dark room. But I really like the phone example because, again, I'm guilty of this one. If I feel my phone buzz or light up, 
it often immediately distracts me. I stop whatever I'm doing and I have to look at what the heck it is. Then I can put it down. But I'm thinking to myself, why did I just do that? Why, why can't I just stay focused on my work? Why is this so distracting to me? But when you think about this, right, there's a cue. Your phone buzzes or lights up. That's the cue. There's a craving. You want to know what the contents of the message are. The response is you grab your phone and read it. And the reward is you satisfy your craving by reading the message. Then all of a sudden, grabbing the phone becomes a direct association with your phone buzzing or lighting up. And it sounds so simple when you talk about it this way, but it just happens automatically. You don't even realize what's going on. At least it does to me. You do these actions so instinctively that... We've done it over and over and over without even realizing why we're even doing them. It's another one I'm guilty of too. You know, you get stuck on something at work. You can't figure something out. You're, you're just in a spot of confusion for a minute and you want to relieve the frustration. So you pull out your phone and check social media. You're satisfying your craving to feel relieved. Then social media becomes associated with the feeling of being stuck at work or stuck at whatever you're doing. I mean, the list, it goes on and on and on. So... One thing that I've started to do, and I would urge you to do as well, is write down the habits that you want to change. What is the cue? What's the craving? What's the response? And what's the reward of those habits? And it's funny too, when I'm reading about this and thinking about myself, it really makes a lot of sense. And I go back to this a lot, but with training animals and training horses as well. Since we can't verbally communicate, the best way to understand them and what they're telling us is by their habits and by their patterns. When I I was down in Tucson last week, I told you guys, and I went and roped at a buddy's house, and he has this horse. He calls him Hoop, and he's this nice, eh, I mean, not nice, actually. He's kind of ugly, to be honest, (laughs) but he's this black horse, and he looks gentle. like He looks like he's not going to give you any problems, but before we started roping, my buddy says, Hunter, my son tells me, man, this horse is for advanced riders only, only advanced riders, so (laughs) we'll see what happens today. And his son is young. He's in about seventh or eighth grade. So it's super funny. I'm just laughing like, okay, advanced riders only. Yeah, sure. Whatever that means, you know. Well, on the fourth steer of the afternoon, my buddy, he ropes the horns of a steer on Hoot. He turns left in about four or five strides after turning left. Hoot just cuts in half and he starts bucking. And my buddy's yelling. He's like, I got him, boys. I got him. And I'm just dying laughing over there. It was so funny. And he just gets lawn darted off his horse and clunked into the dirt. Just totally ate a mouthful of dirt. It was ugly. And <laughs> luckily he was all right and didn't get hurt. But you know, he, he turns around and he looks at me and he says, yep, Hoot Hunter, he's for advanced riders only. <laughs> I just lost it laughing. It was so funny. But that dang Hoot horse, you know, he has this cue. He just gets mad when he's roping sometimes. So his craving is he just wants out of the pressure, pressure situation and he just wants to be done for the day. So his response, he just starts bucking and he gets the rider off. Then the reward for him is a lot of people were scared of him. They would just get off and he'd be done for the day. Unfortunately, that habit's been reinforced for so long into him. It's a little bit ingrained and it's hard to get that out of him. And my buddy gets reminded of that every once in a while. (laughs) So, you know, you have this habit you want to change. You know it's not great, but it's not easy to fix. It's almost an addiction. So how can you even go about changing it? Well, first off, like I've said, You have to be aware of the habit you want to change. So writing them all down really helps. But once you've identified these things you want to change, whether it's financial or not, or just something in your personal life, you need to create cues of time and location to be specific and direct with the changes you're going to make. It's called habit stacking because just saying I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to eat healthier, it isn't enough. For most people, you know, you say that over and over and you tell your friends, yeah, I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to read more or whatever. 
but you never end up doing it because there's no specifications helping for you to achieve this. And it's way too vague. It's just hard to get there. So a simple way to do this is write it out. And it's a formula that can really overhaul your bad habits. And this is what the formula is. It's I will, and then put in your behavior at a specific time and in a specific location. So I am going to, you know, if you want to work on being more grateful, be specific. I will say one thing I'm grateful for every single night, right when I sit down for dinner. If you want to work on finances, investing, I'll put $200 of my paycheck into my investment account every second Wednesday of the month, right when I get home from work. It's got to be specific like that. Now you got something to hold you accountable. Now you have a specific action you can remember and actually check off. It's an easy, yes, I did it or no, I did not do it. And you can really keep yourself accountable. If you want to just invest more, well, maybe you do sometimes, maybe you don't. At the end of the year, it's a wash. You half hit your goal. And I mean, who wants to half hit goals? Definitely not any of my clients. Those are, you know, the people that I'm working with, whatever they tell me we want to do, we're going to go 100% and get after it. We're not going to try to half hit any of those goals. And if you're listening to the show, then I'm assuming you're not someone that only half hits their goals also. There's a reason that you're listening to a podcast like this. And I know it sounds kind of silly and it's almost elementary, but I'm telling you to just write it down. A few habits and using that formula that you want to accomplish, I think it can really, really help a lot of people. I know it can actually. And I'll tell you straight up what I'm working on. I told you I want to read more at night so that I'm spending my downtime actually improving myself. Plus, I'd have a really hard time sleeping, which I know is correlated with staring at a bright screen at night. So one habit stacking formula that I've come up with is I'll read for at least 30 minutes a night right after I brush my teeth and get in bed before I go to sleep. And another one that I've talked about before on here, and I still haven't broken this habit. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's snoozing my alarm. I'm horrible, horrible, horrible about it. I set my alarm for 6, 6.05, 6.10, 6.15, and then I finally get up at 6.30. It's such a joke. So my deal is, in order to get up on my first alarm, I'm putting my phone on the opposite side of the room before I go to sleep. So far, I'm 3 for 3 on getting up and not snoozing, but <laughs> it's, it's going to take a while to get used to this. I'm still pretty grumpy when i got to get out of bed to go turn the alarm off. It's just crazy how much I see how ingrained my old habits are in me. You know, in the past three days, when my phone's on the other side, of, other side of the room and my alarm goes off, I automatically stretch my hand out and I'm feeling around on my nightstand next to my bed trying to snooze it until I wake up a little bit more, remember that it's not actually there, then I get mad. <laughs> but then I go turn it off, I find it, I'm up, and I'm angry for five minutes and once I kind of get moving, I'm super excited. I'm happy. I'm up. I'm up when I wanted to be. I'm just feeling way better. So again, just think about these things and do the exercise of writing down your habit stack and hold yourself accountable to it until it becomes second nature and you're doing these things that you want to do. Trust me, it's going to feel so much better and you're actually going to have more free time than you're used to also. When you start living the life that you want automatically, you're more organized, you're more efficient, and all of a sudden, you'll find you have all this free time and energy to do more of the extracurricular activities and all the stuff that you wanted to. So I hope this helps you guys because I know it has helped for me. And if you're someone that wants to have me help you create better financial habits and reach your financial goals so that you can create that family legacy, then go to my website at hunterlowry.com and jump on my calendar. I'd love to chat with you. Everybody listening, every single person has the ability to create that family legacy and reach your goals. It's just how much effort you're willing to put into it to build these good habits and stick with it. But I got faith in you. 
Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. We're growing really fast, guys. We're up to over 5,000 downloads now with listeners from over 30 different countries and all over the United States. So keep up the good work. Thanks for always supporting and have a great rest of your day, everybody.